I think reading should be for pleasure yeah. or for you to think or be more retrospective about, you know, life in general. But if I, it's just to scare me, why would I do that as a form of entertainment? I actually thought so too, but I don't know. I I have this feeling that make me suffer when I read the book. So that's why I like Haruki Murakami sometimes. Because we are in the middle of the pandemic, a lot of us are still working from home or staying indoors. So in today's episode, I will be talking with two of my good friends who would share with us one of the things that we could do during our Netflix downtime. And, and since I don't technically read books, so I've also asked them a couple of or a lot of questions that could help me out in my reading journey. So hi, Camps. Hi, Sez. Hi, Glee. Hello. Oh. <laughs> nice to be here, Glee. Thank you. How are you? All good. How about you? Yep. Good. Doing good as well. And, you know, we've been classmates since high school and... I noticed both of you are really into reading books, especially camps. I remember you bringing some books to school and uh, reading during, you know, like recess time or something like that. When did you, when did camps and says, when did you started reading or having that love for reading? All right. So um, for me, I started when my, Aunt gave me a comic book. It's an Archie comic book when I was still around, I guess I was still 10. So I started with comic books and the Sweet Valley a series during that time. And then I transitioned to Harry Potter. But it wasn't until I graduated that I read more diverse genres. And until now, I try to read one book each month, if possible. One, one book each month? Oh, wow. How about you, Kems? <laughs> Hello. So I, I actually started reading when I was like in second or third grade, I think. And the reason I started reading was because I couldn't relate to a lot of my classmates back then. I, I went to a private school in Bacolod City. It was one of the most poshest schools there. And I wasn't, I wasn't rich at all. My family wasn't rich. So... I didn't have a lot of friends and I found friends in the books that I read and the characters in the books that I read. And because of that, um, I started reading like two books a day when I was in third grade and I became like the um, borrower of the year. I, I, I had that award oh. for like a couple of years after that. Um, I also started reading with Sweet Valley still. So it, we're the same in that sense. We started with the same kind of genre, I guess, when, oh. we, were, when we were young. Yeah, it was great to see their journey, like our age, and then as they grew as they grew up, we also grew up and like relate to how they were as as sisters, right? So and as friends. So it was it was something that I felt like I was a part of, something that I if I had I didn't have friends in school, I had it with the books that I read and it was just a great experience that in high school, you guys became my friends. And like I found the people that actually are like at the same level as I was. And well, if there weren't any people like that, I would find them in the books that I read. So that's the reason why I love reading books. I still read up to this day. 
I feel like I always know that if I'm sad or happy or whatever it is that I'm feeling, I can always depend on the books that I read to like feel something, to be connected with other people that are not like my friends in real life, right? So, yeah. so there. Uh, in a sense, I could relate in terms of like not having friends or when I become lonely, but I, I do it, uh, I watch anime. Yeah, so before I also read Harry Potter, I think that's what got me uh, started reading in high school. Although I had some few books before. Do you know Goosebumps? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goosebumps. Yeah. R.L. Stein. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so and, I think, like, even though we don't really like reading books, but you and I are, and, and Cecil too, right? Like, like stories in general. And I think whatever form of those stories may be in the written form, such as novels or books, or may be in anime or, or movies or series, those kinds of things are what captures people um, and be entertained, feel connected, et cetera, et cetera, because it's all a story kind of, storytelling kind of thing, right? Yes, exactly. Says she tries to read or she read, reads one book per month. How about you? Do you have like kind of a like a habit or you, you target that um you always okay I need to like read twenty five books in a year or something like that? Actually, I don't have any kind of target. I just read whenever I feel like it. So like there are times that I don't I don't like reading at all, and there are times I'm just on a reading sprint. So I just like play it by ear because I know it's always gonna be there for me, whatever it is. I don't have to set goals, etc. And with that, do you normally read the hard cover, not the hard cover, but the physical physical books, says Cam and Cam? Uh, for me, I'm trying to cut off from using, from buying physical books. So I'm maximizing my, the use of my Kindle device. So I mm. try to buy or download digital books if it's legal in your country so it's legal here so i download books all right and how about you camps do you prefer the physical books or the the ebooks it actually depends on the kind of book that i'm reading so if it's like something related to maybe self-help or management or something that i want to learn something from so it's not just purely for entertainment those books i like it on electronic form so that I can highlight, I can like put in tags and then search criteria, et cetera. It's something that I can do with any of the apps that are available on our on our phones or devices, right? But if it's uh, something just for purely entertainment, uh, I just want to chill out. It's a book that I, I, I just do on my own time without anything that I want out of it. Uh, I, I always prefer the physical copy of the book. So that one, I have a, I actually have a target per month. I actually have to oh. buy like, one at least one book per month or two books a month uh the physical copy of of the book so i go to fully books or national bookstore or go online etc i i try to find one book a month at least to buy and then uh says you have you have something to add yeah i do sometimes miss the smell of smell and feel of books so there are times when i try to buy books uh before i before pre-covid I frequent book sale and unfortunately, I think book sale is available now online. So mm. I miss that kind of shopping pre-used book, the smell of pre-used book inside 
um, thrift shop. So sometimes I do get to buy whenever I visit them. But yeah, those mm-hmm. are just sometimes. Yeah, I heard about uh, about that as well. That a lot of uh, so, some bookworms they really prefer the smell, the smell of the book, and that's yeah, why the smell yeah. actually helps in the whole experience. I think, and also like Tessel, if you go to a store and that you have like nothing, no no list in mind, just want to be surprised about what you're gonna find in in the in the bookstore, right? So sometimes you just feel it read the cover, read the back, um, um, go through some of the pages. That's something, that's an experience that a lot of us like to do. And, well, unfortunately, due to COVID, we can't do that anymore so much. So me right now, what I do is I have this list of books. Um, well, Tessel also has one, uh, the Goodreads um, app. And I have, like, a list of wish lists already that's there. So whenever I, I see that a book is available, for example, online, I try to order it now from that list, but I, I do miss the feeling of going to a store and then just smelling the place and then just being surprised by the books that you get out of that of that experience, right? So, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. we can't do that so much anymore. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, if you remember back in the day when we were in high school, we, we usually go to the library and borrow the books like Nancy Joe. That's what I remember. And... Is the library now in the Philippines, like Manila or Cebu? Do do you know if some people actually go there and borrow books, even like pre-COVID? Do you have an idea? Mm, for Cebu, um, I have a friend who uh, worked with um, who had a project with the Cebu Library located in Osmania Boulevard, near Osmania Boulevard. That library, it was a, before COVID, it has become, it operated 24 hours a day. So a lot of students go in there to study and even non-students. And I did try to borrow a book. However, I'm not a Cebu City resident and they, oh. it's one of their requirements to have really? a, to open a borrower's card. Yeah. So oh. it was really odd at the time. So I ended up just reading the book inside and mm. they do for internet but you have to pay for it so mm. it was a bit weird and to think it is a public um, library so it was quite a frustrating experience to know that I am not allowed to open yeah. or borrow a book yeah, I'm, very I'm, discriminating yeah. <laughs> I'm, surpri- <laughs> I'm quite surprised with that because I heard it one time I think that was like maybe a year more than a year so and I was like, oh, there's a new library. And then, you know, it, it would have been good for for the public to really use it like anywhere from anywhere from in the Philippines, right? Like, I don't know. But anyway, back but back to the Goodreads uh, wish list. Do you in the Goodreads app, do you normally have like your wish list is available to the public and then they can see your wish list or your the books that you've read? Is that uh, is that uh, how it works? I'm not really sure, or if it's just um, based on the friends that you that follow you or that you follow. Do you know more still? I, I don't really have a list. Just um, look for books. I try to tag it as one to read. So they have three lab, um tags. So mm-hmm. if you have read it, if you want to read it, and usually I if 
I want that book. I want to read that book, so I tag it as want to read, and then that's it. But yeah. I do, um, I do join the reading challenge, the yearly reading challenge, where you set a specific goal on how many books you will read wow. each um year. So I try to like last that's year. Great, I tried too. to <laughs> It's it's great, but I don't usually complete it. So last year I tried read. I wanted to read 40 books, but I ended up just around 30. But it, it's still not a, a big lot, problem lot. anyway. Yeah. Still a lot. It's still a lot for me, especially for me. <laughs> yeah. It's still and, a lot. And yes, come yeah, yeah, the but, way I use the way I use Goodreads is more of a if I like search for something um online or in the store, scan the IS, ISBN, right? Just the code behind the book, um, at the back of the book, and then. I just look at the at the ratings. If it's a good if it's a good rating, then I look at a few comments just to be sure that I'm getting a good one. So that's the only thing that I actually use Goodreads for. And if, for example, I see like a similar book because there are a few suggestions, I just put it as a want to read. And I, like I look at the best book, for example, of 2020, and then I haven't read some of them. I will just put it as a want to read. So when I go online and I buy a book for I go to a store and then I buy a book. I, I check first that list if it's in my want to read already. And then if I do it, 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 then it's a good match, right? But if it's not, then I just like read it and then mm. I just buy it and then put my, for example, put the stat there as a as about to read. It's not that updated as, as Cecil has. Like she, she puts in comments and all that. I, I don't really do that. Just use it as a way to ensure that I buy good ones. Mm. And with, with, your list or in, in the goodreads like do you have any like preferred genre or author that you usually pick pick up me yeah, i like anything uh, that actually just has a as a story so right now i'm really really addicted to neil gaiman books and uh well right now i'm reading a novel about about tech management and operations that i was so surprised that's that it's uh something that's readable because most of the time management books aren't aren't so readable mm. so this one i like but most of the time i go with something fiction uh, fiction related something fantastical actually um and then uh, if 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 it's not neil gaiman i go with something murakami so those mm. are my my main genres how about you sil yeah we, we do share the same a love for neil gaiman and haruki murakami i do remember borrowing some books from you uh, related to Neil Gaiman and Haruki Murakami, though. But I didn't finish the the Wind Up Chronicles. It was yeah, so it's so boring. Heavy. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> anyway. It was like the most boring one. <laughs> um. So aside from that, I recently took a liking for um Korean, uh South Korean writers. So I've mm. read Pachinko by Min Jin Lee and um. Human Act by Han Kang. I'm currently in the search for some Southeast Asian writers, so I'm looking for Thai writers and soon some Filipino writers as well. Ah, oh, that's great. And I I don't know if um there was the I don't know if comes you're not into BTS, but I I saw some. No. <laughs> I saw um, it was like a BTS show that that Namjoon, uh, one of the BTS members, mm-hmm. was carrying a book and he was like reading By Hang it. Kang. 
Yeah, is it that one? Is it the pachinko? Ah, yes. uh, no, it's Hong uh, Kong, uh, Human Act. So, uh, um, I I didn't read it because of BTS, but um, <laughs> I <laughs> I previously read uh, mm. another book by Hong Kong, and the title was uh, The Vegetarian, and it was um odd and eerie, and mm. I kind of like that type of genre. So I tried to read it, and I liked it. Oh. And it's it's yeah. really nice. It's based on a South Korean history, uh, the Gwangju Gwangju uprising. Oh, so it's based on history. It's really nice. Is, is it a heavy read still, or uh, something that slight? It's heavy. <laughs> yeah, I, oh my God! It's I like, describe it's heavy like, like is it like murder or brutal? It's gory. Oh. So oh. I read two chapters and. I couldn't go to sleep for quite some time, so oh my I read something light to <laughs> dissipate my my imagination. Oh wow! I I don't like those kinds of books. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Even in movies, I don't like horror, right? So you guys know that. <laughs> I'm afraid. Um, Actually, psychological it, it, thrillers and those kinds of kinds of books, I I kind of veer away from because I. I think reading should be for pleasure yeah. or for you to think or be more retrospective about, you know, life in general. But if I, it's just to scare me, why would I do that as a form of entertainment? <laughs> uh, I actually thought so too, but I don't know. I, I have this feeling that makes me suffer when I read the book. So that's why I like Haruki Murakami sometimes because yeah. there's some... So he, make you suffer whenever he his characters undergoes through a certain personal journey so it i don't know maybe i'm a mas- uh, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no you're not <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> anyway but yeah because of that i also watched another movie based on the guangzhou uprising it's oh. a taxi driver and it's also really nice oh a, a taxi uh, driver is the yeah, the, um, the actor was from Parasite? So oh wow, that's a good movie ever. Yeah, yeah, it is, it, and it's also based on a true story as well. Oh, and is it in on Netflix or some third party website? Yes, third party website. <laughs> <laughs> Download it if it's legal. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, maybe oh, it but... will come to Netflix or sometime soon. So we'll. Oh, I think, uh, Let me just correct myself. I think it's a different book that um, Nam Jun reviewed. Uh, it's, oh. uh, the title is Kim Ji Young, nineteen eighty two. So it's about women empowerment, and it wow. was yeah, it was released in two thousand eighteen when there was a movement. Uh, in South Korea about you know race discriminations gender mm. so I I think that was it Bec- it became yeah, popular it, it, because of the book became so popular and was even sold out when you yes. know that BTS member Nam Jun was reading it <laughs> wow what an influence yeah. <laughs> and it, be- it actually became a movie so oh, really watch it really? from third party website <laughs> <laughs> 
I just like the actor. It's Gong Yu. <laughs> oh, really? Gong Yu, the do do you know Gong Yu camps? No, uh, not familiar no. with any of those names. <laughs> <laughs> they trust your taste and Cecil's taste as well. It's just not for me. <laughs> <laughs> but you should read it, Camps. It's it's really nice. It's maybe it's heavy, but it's not too heavy as the one uh, that I've mentioned earlier, the Human Act. But that one is really good. Thanks, let give me a copy of it after this call. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you talked about like you have this goal of reading two two books per month or like thirty books or forty books in a year. Can you give us advice, some pieces of the of, of advice, like basically how to read faster <laughs> or how how to make time for reading, like? For me, it's different. I think for person per person, how like how fast or how slow you read shouldn't matter. Should just read at least um a book or have one active book at any one time. For me, that's something that everyone has to aspire to because reading is really difficult for some people. Like you, you have other passions. You sing, you play the guitar, you do other creative things. So that's something that is where your heart is. Books may be like uh something like of a chore to you. So for me, just like have one active book um, and go out, don't be limited to just one genre. Just go out there, even if it's a comic book, even if it's a really, really short children's book, for example, just have some one active book at one time that you're reading. Because um, for me, you have to grow this uh, love for it. Uh, it really doesn't matter what kind of book you read. It just has to be something that you like to do, um, that you you don't feel like it's a chore for you that you have to be interested in it and if once you find that kind of genre that does that to you you can explore and then maybe challenge yourself to read um heavier book or thicker book uh, and all those things but it really has to be like a, a a journey for you so other people who don't also like to read that's also what i do because my sister for example really really hates reading and we're so different as as people but when I, for example, bought something, like I, tr- I tried to go around and give her some books that she would be interested in. And then I think her genre was a YA or young adults genre, something that spoke to her. I kept mm. buying her more books in that sense. And then also my mom, like Grisham books, for example, I, got, I kept buying her um, Grisham books as well until like it became a habit for them to read. So it's something that I think I encourage everyone to read. But find something that um, speaks to you like in the same way that other people like um, horror movies or other people like comedy movies it's the same kind of of thing when you read the book it should be something that you are entertained with whatever it is the purpose for you to read is it something for you to learn or something for you to just pass the time or be entertained it has to address that purpose uh, and reading does that for you in so many ways thank you so much for that cams and assess uh, well said cams uh, I agree with her with what she said that you don't have to pressure yourself to finish a book or read fast because since last year I have difficulty picking up a book to be honest. So what I did was I mostly read webtoons instead, and mm. when I felt that it was okay for me to read, I tried to pick up a certain book and tried a few chapters, and if I like it, I it just naturally and if I didn't like it I had to find another book like a compromise on myself well that it's okay to not finish the book and then 
you can always get back to it later on. Mm. Yeah, and for me actually, I I have also the same the same dilemma that when I pick up a book, it if like uh, the first few pages, if it doesn't really pick my interest, like I I'm just not gonna continue. And and it happens to a lot of books, so I don't know if it's like it's really just my problem. <laughs> No, maybe you just haven't found the right genre for you or yeah. the right author for you. That happens. You're not so alone. it's a journey, Glenn. <laughs> yeah. Even I or Cecil, we, I wouldn't read the book through and through if I don't like the first few pages. I have to be hooked. Otherwise, because mm. uh, the first few pages tells you that the author is a good writer, that the story is actually something in, that interests mm-hmm. you. And you shouldn't, you shouldn't go through the whole journey if it's so, if it's so suffering for you, mm. right? If it's like, so agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. I, I do remember asking Cams because one time she posted on Instagram a certain um quote and I asked her, I think I, I laughed about it or what it was, but it led me to know that she was reading Eleanor Oliphant and ah, when I tried reading the book, I liked it. <laughs> I did finish it like in just a few days. So thank you for that, Cam. It's really, really good, no, Sil. Eleanor. Yes, what is the genre of Eleanor? Eleanor something. Sorry, I forgot. Oliphant. Yeah. Um, I don't know the genre. Maybe it's not anymore young adult still, right? Because she was like already mm-hmm. on her thirties. So about I don't know what is the genre for that. I don't know. <laughs> I actually also don't know, but <laughs> it's oh. I don't know. It's more. It, I just know that it talks about mental health. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It does have, ah. it does and, and her journey to getting better was really commendable, and it was it's not a hard, uh, it was a hard road, but she went through it. Was it a an autobiography of the author, or just like like a character? No, oh. just, it's just fiction. Ah, okay. Mm. Mm. Aside from that. Uh, I wanted to ask you, what are your thoughts on audiobooks? Do you use it or do you, uh, do you listen to it or not really? Uh, to be honest, I don't, I'm not really a fan of audiobooks. Um, it's, <laughs> it, it makes me sleepy. <laughs> I, I do listen to podcasts, however, but not just audiobooks. I tried um, listening to an audiobook pre-COVID when I traveled to the workplace, so my travel a daily commute takes uh, around one and a half to two hours so it's good for it's a good opportunity for me to listen to audiobook but i just i just fell asleep so i can't remember <laughs> anything at all so i'm so sorry <laughs> it's so sensible to fall asleep <laughs> and how about you Kams? have you tried what are your thoughts on it I like audiobooks if it's um, poems that I listen to. So, because you don't really read poems, right? It's different mm-hmm. if it's someone reads it aloud. There's a lot of feelings, etc. And those nights when you just feel like so, so stressed and empty with work and you can't really use your eyes anymore because you've been in the computer the whole day, right? Mm-hmm. So, what I do is I listen to poems um, on, on Spotify or on YouTube. Uh, someone, mm-hmm. um, one of those poets, um, uh, just reads like for example uh, Pablo Neruda or one of those uh, um, poets right now that are the spoken word poets right now so I listen to those kinds of um, 
of audiobooks. I'm not sure if they're considered audiobooks, but essentially audio type of literary inter- entertainment is the that's the most that I can do. But like listening to a whole book in audio format, maybe not. Mm. But I hear still, Neil Gaiman actually has a few audiobooks that he's the one who spoke. So actually, that's kind of interesting. He just never went and like explored it. Mm, really? Yeah, he, he, there is, there is. I, I would, I will find it later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I try to listen to his voice. And yeah, it's really it nice. His voice is so, is so oh. um, I don't know, whole? Is, is that even a word? Uh, but I know I what you know. mean, like very, like I don't know, is it baritone? But something like yeah. in envelopes the whole room or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has like a, a gravitas or something. Mm. <laughs> it's nice to hear his voice and then him relaying his own stories in his own voice. That's so cool. But I haven't really explored uh, that one yet. Because me, I usually listen to audiobooks, and and there was one that I was very very um i enjoyed very much which was the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy it's oh. a very old one right mm-hmm. yeah. yes it's a classic yeah and, that's a good one still uh mm, and it was i didn't so i didn't read the book but i but i listened to the audiobook and the narrator i forgot which uh, what is what was his name but do you know alfred from batman Alfred, the butler, <laughs> ah, that British actor. I know the oh. face, but I can't put the oh, name. Yeah, I forgot his <laughs> name as well. But he was the narrator, and it was very, it was read beautifully. Like it's like you wow. can, you can, you can feel. You know, like he can, he changes his voice. You know, when if there's an alien or something like that. So. It was it was very I didn't really fall asleep on that. <laughs> and yeah, so yeah, for me I think I just normally cuz I feel that if I if I read a book, I easily get um tired reading. So yeah, so that's why I go to audiobooks and now I tried this. I don't know if you know, uh, I think because you are such such bookworms but uh if you know blinkist app no i know it but it, it's a paid app right like yeah so I, so. I didn't buy because <laughs> <laughs> for um recently i've like i think that was last year so i'm almost like almost expired in my in my subscription but i tried to use it because it helps me like read or discover books but it's most mostly actually not non-fiction books like i think like some management book comes and all those stuff but it's mm-hmm. more of summarized version because as i said like i cannot really read the whole book <laughs> so yeah it was like 10 minute 10 minute read and i'm mm-hmm. done <laughs> at least it tells you if uh, it's a story that is interesting for you so if they, you want to read the whole book get the summary version of it right so yeah so that's good so right now i'm reading or listening to some help self-help books mostly about how to handle relationships and just being better at handling people i think like that's a good that's a good thing because you should be able to know how to manage upwards right so 
management isn't just downward. It has to be like 360 as well. You manage your peers, you manage your um, people, you manage also upwards or your boss and management. Because th- that's the only way that you can be sure that the work that you're doing is aligned to to the management goals, to what they're thinking, to to everything that the company believes in and is, has set their goals on, right? So it's okay. Because I think for me, knowing how to manage upwards, knowing how to, I don't know, capture your own power, be able to be confident in yourself. And then, of course, it, it kind of sounds like manipulative. I don't think it's manipulative. It's a relationship um, building. And you're like looking for ways to improve, improve how you deal with people. And it may sound a little bit manipulative, but it's actually just gaining your own power, right? Empowering yourself to handle relationships better. May it be up to your boss or to your peers or to even relationships um, that you're personal to you. So I guess that if that, there's a book that helps you do that, be more powerful, uh, speak your own voice better, you shouldn't be ashamed of letting people know that you are reading that kind of book. <laughs> well True. said, Kat. I agree with you, Kat. <laughs> <laughs> it's just my two cents. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a skill that no one is born with. It, it, no one is born with a skill to build relationships <laughs> to be better at relationships. You, it's something that you learn along the way. A lot of us are like really bad at it. And we need all the help that you can get. And if you're looking for that help and if you found that help, you should be proud of it. Mm. Well said, Kari. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 are you reading, Cams? I saw your Instagram yeah. post. Uh, sorry, but I haven't asked you about it. It's about the Phoenix Project. So it's uh, about a tech manager. Right? Uh, it's a tech manager uh, managing like chaotic um, IT operations and then building the ways of working, not only internally, but with, your, uh, with the people that you work with. Um, so it can be with sales, it's operations, et cetera, with your management upwards. So it's a really good book in the sense that it's, it doesn't feel like it's teaching you things. Uh, so it's, a, it's in a storytelling format, which I like. Um, and it tells me about stuff that is I, I personally experienced at work because I work for a tech company, right? So mm. um, although this this book started out with a with a company that's in the man- manufacturing business and with IT operations that's not really the best um, and world class, and I guess my company would be like better at this <laughs> methodologies than they were. But it's it's nice to see the growth that happened um, from something so chaotic to not meeting any of your deadlines to something being able to be on top of those workload and then managing your partners well, managing yourself well and feeling better about yourself and feeling more fulfilled that you are meeting your company objectives. And it really spoke to me, like the first few pages talked about their company being second in, in the industry. And it, it kind of combines what I learned in school also. I just recently took up my master's, right? So it's about being on the dance floor or being in the midst of things happening and then taking a backseat and going to the going to the balcony and looking at how things are going. So it's kind of a mixture of that, of management from upwards, looking down, and then from inside, knowing all the intricacies of the work, and then doing things that actually improve the way um, work does to you. And then, of course, your own fulfillment about the work that you do, right? So something that I'm really passionate about, because I really like the work that I'm doing. Um, I think I found my calling in that sense that I make products that are helpful for people, but better ways of doing is always um, helpful for me. So something like you, Bly, that you look for ways of better better ways of working. In the same way, I'm doing that also in an organization that's already very, very IT 
IT-led. So, mm-hmm. how can we port products faster into production? How can I uh, fully support my customers' needs? And then, how can I not lose sight of, of what's the main objective, right? To make financial products more um, inclusive and accessible to everyone. So, that's like my best, um, I don't know, purpose in life, maybe. So, mm-hmm. so it's something that I'm I'm very fortunate to be doing in my work. Uh, that's uh, something that I love, and then something that I actually have firsthand um execution um in. So I really hope that in the next few years to come or the next few months, we put out more products or features or functionalities out there that would be helpful to everyone who's using our product. It's not. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be like we're competing with our uh, main competitor, right? It's more of are we meeting the objectives? Are we meeting our customer promise? More than anything, I want to do that first. And then be more competitive, maybe at the latter part of when we are already meeting our customers' requirements or at least uh, meeting our purpose and promise to our customers, right? So that's first and foremost in my mind right now. Sorry. Wow, <laughs> we, we, we are in awe. <laughs> it's, so, it's so empowering to hear your passion, Sam. I wish I have the same passions as you have. Me too. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's difficult though. Those, that passion doesn't really come out in a day-to-day grind, right? So it comes True. out in reading books like this that makes you think, yeah, I appreciate what I have right now. I appreciate the work that I have right now. It kind of puts you into perspective. And the only way you really can do that is really, for me, Lee and Sil, is really reading. Puts me into perspective that, I really am doing good work or the work that I'm doing is really actually purposeful or helpful to others. So it gives me back that um, sense of empowerment, that sense of courage and, you know, not get lost in the stress of it all, not get lost in the all the errors and issues that come up on a daily basis, right? And that losing sight of what's more important. This book kind of grounds me and like, yeah, you're doing well, plan more be better at what you do and that's something that I think a lot of the a lot of books that we read help us out and and, and going mm-hmm. in that kind of other perspective when when you mm-hmm. talk about the your passion and how how this book also helped you it just got me reminded I'm reading also a book but for school school kind kind of school and uh you mentioned something about um making it accessible to the customers and not really uh, challenging head-on the main competitor. Do you, do you apply? I, I remember there was this called ocean, Blue Ocean Strategy. Blue Ocean Strategy. Uh, for me, Blue Ocean Strategy is too... It's a blue ocean. It's something that no one knows about. Mm-hmm. I would rather be in a... I'm not sure if you know this, this um, um, line of thinking. Um, it's a, we, we call it in in one of the books that I read, you always look at fields of play. So I'm not sure if you guys know about it. But for me, it's a more actionable, measurable, quantifiable way of doing things um, than a blue ocean strategy. Because blue ocean, you always go into a, something that you don't know anything. Uh, not really not, don't know anything about, but it's something that it's for everyone to grab, right? Um, fields mm-hmm. of play is more bite-sized pieces of going to your um, overall blue ocean strategy. So fields of play, like rest on your core, it rests on your core competencies and then putting one foot outside of that core competency and then looking at adjacent um, product or functionalities or features or product uh, or businesses that are adjacent to your core competency. So that's how you grow 
one step um, outside of the box, one step inside, and then once you gain competency and expertise in that, then go one more step outside. So it kind of expands your your box into a bigger box, but mm. you still play around around something that you have expertise in, uh, maybe gain more competency in, and then be, become bigger. So that's something I, I, I would rather recommend to people because you really just don't go into the ocean and dive right in, right, without any tools, and yeah. not even knowing how to swim. So, so for me, it, uh, it's more actionable to do it in a fields of play kind of strategy and execution mode than, than going blue ocean strategy. Maybe it's a, like your bigger overall picture of where you want to go and mm. go into a blue ocean strategy. But to be to make it not so big and so, I don't know, overwhelming, use fields of play as a way of doing, uh, doing it. If I could relate that to not in an organization, but yourself it's like knowing yourself first be aware of your strengths and your weaknesses and work on that right yeah so it may not just be like a weakness that you want to work on maybe Mm. it's a strength already that you know like you you like for example you you like uh playing the guitar and then maybe just an adjacent form of that is maybe performing for others because it's not only for yourself right and then exploring other genres that is still rested on your core competency. So in that sense, maybe also apply that to, to a business sense. So mm. um, that's something that we can all uh, be better at, right? You're right. So I learned a lot from just listening to Cams. To Cams, and... yeah. And I just have to ask, Cams, do you think or do you feel that reading will help someone become a good communicator become much more confident what are your thoughts on that for me reading kind of expands like first and foremost it expands your vocabulary it also tells you what a good story is so of course read gives you more um perspective on how to tell a great story so in that sense knowing how to tell a great story knowing how to frame a story that speaks to your audience that's something of course that reading can help you out with but different in theory than in practice so you kind of know about it in reading know how a good story is told know the right words to put it in but you know doing it in action is a different thing so i guess you guys also know that part so it's also still a skill that you you have to learn as you go try it out and then well make mistakes and then hopefully you also learn to make be a better communicator even i you guys know that I'm a very extroverted person. I think I'm the only extroverted person in our group. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm right? not sure really. I also am weirded out that I always have introverted friends and I'm like the extrovert in the group all the time. But I realize that maybe you guys give me perspective as well to um, be a better communicator because you, you introverts understand things more deeply for me not the it's me i'm a very i feel like i'm a high level kind of person uh a shallow if if you may if you must know i feel like i'm a shallow person but when i get to be around you guys i i think deeper and i i i, I see more perspectives and i realize that oh sometimes i can be also i really well you guys know this i can be also tactless or be offensive etc i should work on it better and all that and i guess i i'm just grateful that i i found friends like you who know me the core right so don't hold it against me but something that even now even though i feel like i'm a great communicator and a great uh, person to relate with or an extroverted person i still have a difficulty handling and then learning so 
I guess you'll never really become a, the best communicator ever, but you can always try, right? Mm. So. But I must so, disagree with you that you're saying that you're shallow. Maybe there's a, <laughs> a different word, but if you know what I mean, but I kind of disagree with you on that, comes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel shallow sometimes, how, how you guys like see things and how you like Cecil and you believe you really research and go after your passions. I'm I'm not really like that. And I always wondered about that for myself. Why why am I why am I not like that? Like them. Really explore your passions. And I'm just grateful, I guess, to be friends with you guys because I can see like, oh, I can be influenced as well. Maybe when I also find my passion, I shall go after it also. <laughs> but I guess right now work is the only passion I have, which is really bad. <laughs> not really. <laughs> Because they, they say if you really love your work and you're passionate about it, it your work doesn't seem to be like a work anymore. Yeah, it's like it still does work, not working. <laughs> I don't think that's true because work still makes you do the hard stuff, right? Yeah. It, it makes you feel better, I guess, at the end of the day that what you're doing is important and is aligned to your personal goals. But it's still, still a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, totally agree. <laughs> Because even in my in my work as well, there are times that I say like, "Oh, I'm I'm so happy that I pursued this profession." There are just some days that you you realize how lucky you are, but some days that it's not not so not so good days. But overall, it it will fit in a bigger picture. You will see the bigger picture after. True, True. and sometimes you kind of lose sight of that, but. If you have a work, like right now, I re- I'm reading this book, right? It gives you per- more perspective and you kind of reaffirm yourself that, no, I really like my work. <laughs> mm, yeah. Sas, you have anything to add or some insights you'd like to share? If you really want to start reading for uh, the people out there listening to this podcast, just find a book that interests you and you can start from there, whether it's a... Um, sorry. It's okay. My monkey is so <laughs> so cute. <laughs> okay, so yeah, you can start from there. Any genre will do. Um, there should be no such thing as uh, discrimination with what type of book you are reading, whether it's a comic or uh Tagalog romance novel. So it's not a big deal as long as you're um starting out that habit of reading even a chapter a day. So. Thank you so much, Sess and Cams, for imparting a part of yourself to us today and for our listeners. We definitely learned a lot and has given me a bit of inspiration to read a little bit more or otherwise still pursue the things or the entertainment that speaks to me. And doesn't it doesn't need to be actually a book or anything, but something that I could learn from and give more perspective in life. So as usual, thank you Zesties and Zestmates for listening and for your shares and downloads on social media and on our website. And I'll see you guys next time.